So, I am going to be speaking on a series called Breaking Free from Addictions. So, hello to all of you that are sitting here tonight, and hello to all of those who are listening to this first live seminar on Breaking Free on Addictions of Various Kinds. This will be a series of sessions that will reveal to those listening my personal experiences in living life as a, a drug addict for 15 years and how I got completely set free from this life, giving hope to those that are in similar situations and giving insight to those people who are dealing with those in these situations. Now the truths and the steps to becoming free that I will be talking about to you is relevant to all forms of addictions and oppressions. The definition of an addiction as being anything that you are compelled to do without the ability to stop doing so yourself. An oppression is any emotion or feeling that is unnatural and also uncontrollable such as chronic depression, chronic anxiety, insanity, etc. I myself lived a life as a drug addict and a criminal. I was addicted to a large array of things, from cocaine to steroids to prescription drugs to porn to everything. I was addicted to it all. For about 15 years of my life, I was totally enslaved by this empty and destructive life of hell. And those who are in it know exactly what I'm talking about. But I was set completely free from every addiction I had. And today, I am living a life of peace, happiness, blessings, self-control. And no longer is my life dominated by destruction, by things, by feelings and fears. I am completely set free and I believe that this testimony and teaching will do the same for those listening and are in need of help. Know this, that what I am doing right now is for you. I have no agenda whatsoever. I am not earning any money from this. I am not getting anything out of this. I am doing it for you. Okay? Because I believe that this can help you and for those that are where I was, I know where you've been. I understand the pain that life brings. But I have to tell you today that I bring good news. I have for you today a guaranteed way to help you. And this, what I'm sharing with you today, is my most honest account of my journey in being set free. Now, it may go against what some of you might believe in. It may go against what some of you might have been taught. But this is my truth. This is my journey. This is my revelations. And the results of my life where I am today is proof that it works. My story begins as many of yours do, and that is in a setting of a broken home, right? This messed up environment caused me to look for family and friends, and with these friends from a young age, I began to experiment with drugs. First, primary school started with a bit of sniffing, 
then evolved to Beradacha, then LSD, then cocaine, and then every single drug that came my way. Heroin, crystal meth, tick as you guys know it, ecstasy, ketamine, cat, whatever I could get my hands on. As time went on, I began to be drawn deeper and deeper into a different world. A dark world. A dark world of drugs, world of womanizing, deceit, crime. And as this happened, it became harder for me to associate with normal society. It became harder for me to associate with, with what was normal. And this darkness, this dark world that I was living in became my home. It became more comfortable for me than being around people that were normal. And being around people that were normal is where I felt the most uncomfortable. In the beginning it was fun. I really enjoyed it. And I thought what I was doing, I could always manage it. I thought that I could always control it. And in my eyes, I thought I will never become an addict. In my eyes, I was what was termed as a recreational drug user. But that was a lie. There's no such thing. And many times, and in fact every single time, I have seen people start to use drugs. Good people. People that have got good jobs. Massive potential. Loving families. People that have everything that they could ever want. Start experimenting with drugs just a little bit. But it always, always, always ends in destruction. Hear me now, there are no success stories on drugs. Nothing. You will never, ever be able to control it. And if you think you can, then you are deceived. Because it will always end in destruction. Nothing else. There is only one destination on the road to drug abuse and that is destruction nothing else the truth was that I was a full-blown drug addict and I was not able to stop on my own and the lifestyle and dark world of a drug addict and criminal was my world it was all that I knew as the years slipped past I began to be drawn deeper and deeper into this dark world and I got heavily involved in crime on various levels. And this once fun world got more and more violent and more dark and with many people around me dying. I myself faced death on many occasions and was even in nine serious motor vehicle accidents, head-on collisions, rolling, flipping numerous vehicles, all nine vehicles written off, but I got through it. I had serious life-threatening incidents happen to me through my drug abuse. I was involved in high-speed chases with the police, arrested multiple times, and my life was an absolute mess. Often I would lie in my, my bed at night, feeling as though my life was being sucked down in a whirlpool of death and destruction. It felt like my life was getting sucked down. And it was in moments like that that I just felt so alone. But on the outside, everything looked great. I had the flashy cars, 
lots of money, girls, respect and fear and many people were drawn to my lifestyle because it looked cool. But the truth is it's all just a big ugly lie. Those people who look cool and look like they have it all together don't. They are empty, messed up, lonely and on a one-way ticket to destruction unless they are saved. We should never ever be drawn into the lie that it is cool. I have lived that life and I can promise you it is a terrible life. If it was cool, I would have returned to it long ago. But nothing can compare with the life that I have now. In that lifestyle, you are nothing more than a dead man walking. Ephesians 2 verses 1 says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Romans 6 verses 23, The wages of sin is death. Nothing else. There's no other way. The wages of sin is death. I began to experience very strange things. Things that I can only explain to you as deeply spiritual, that I had absolutely no understanding on, but it was real. And these things would confuse me and they would frighten me. I would wake up at night and I would see dark figures, shapes at the end of my bed in my room. And the first thing I would think is someone had broken into my room. I mean, what else would it be? And I always kept a pistol next to my bed and I grabbed my pistol, load it, get out of bed, start shouting at this thing. Who are you? What do you want? And as I'd start moving closer to this thing, it would just disappear. And this would freak me out. This dark figure would come many times and it would absolutely terrify me because obviously it was something spiritually and I didn't want nothing to do with that weird stuff. Almost every night I would wake up many times in the evening and I would be completely awake but completely paralyzed and I would feel this tangible and absolute terror and fear all around me knowing that something very deadly and something very evil that was not from this world had me firmly in its grip with some kind of a claim on me and it was pursuing this claim which was my very life on this planet and my very soul and this was so very scary to me where as a hardened and tough gangster I would be too afraid to sleep at night I felt like my life was slowly slipping away being sucked down into a dark abyss and there was nothing nothing I or anyone else could do to stop it I knew that what I was experiencing was spiritual even though I avoided it but I knew it was and so I decided to get spiritual help and I went to fortune tellers because they're spiritual right? I went to people who are supposed to be powerful spiritualists but nothing helped it just got worse and worse and I felt totally hopeless and completely alone I was on a freight train of disaster traveling down tracks at high speed towards a massive brick wall and I had no way out of it I didn't know any way out all I knew was this dark wall that I lived in it was my home everyone I knew was just as messed up as me 
The only career that I flourished in was a criminal. But the end of the line was coming fast. And I could feel inside me that this was it. I could feel a sense of finality. I could feel like my chances were up. But I couldn't stop. How could I stop? Who could I ask for help? Who knew what I was going through? Who would understand me? Who would help me? Nobody. One night alone in my bed, as I was thinking about my life and I had done everything that I could do. I tried everything. I would exhausted all options to try to change. I tried myself to change. I tried everything. But nothing, no difference at all. And I remembered as a child how my parents forced me to go to a few Sunday school lessons, which I hated. And there I was taught the Lord's Prayer from the Bible. And I started to think in my mind, what if Jesus is real? You know, I mean, what if he's real? And I started to rationalize in my mind that there's definitely a spiritual world. You know, I've, I've definitely, I mean, I couldn't deny the fact that I'd come face to face with, with these demonic creatures. I've, I'd, I'd had encounters with, with witches. That's a whole other story. And I, I had all of these strange experiences as a young man. And, and I started to think that there's definitely a spiritual world. There's definitely a devil. There's definitely a demon. So there must be God, right? There must be Jesus, right? And so that's when alone in my bed at night, I lay there and I said this, I said, Jesus, if you are real, Jesus, if you are real, then I really need you in my life. I need you to save me. And I would pray the same prayer over and over, meaning it with all my heart and deep inside me, very softly, it just felt right. And I didn't know then, but what I know now is that I was praying scripture that says in Romans 10 verses 3, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Not long after that, I was faced with a very serious situation where I was being pursued by the authorities and after being on the run for a month, they threatened to hand me over to national intelligence. Interpol was looking for me. They said that they would shoot me on sight. No more second chances. And so I handed myself over and I was indicted and arrested on numerous serious crime charges. I was facing 30 years imprisonment. I was going to two separate court cases. One week the one court case, the next week the next court case simultaneously. Serious, serious cases. I had come to the end of my road. And I was desperate for help. <laughs> help that no man could give me. Help that... No natural circumstance could provide me. Only a miracle could save me. And the only thing that could help was supernatural help from the highest level that could get me out of this mess that I was in. And so I found myself pursuing desperately this help. And I, I visited this church in my area where I was completely out of place. <laughs> But I went because I was desperate. And it was there at this little church that I had this real and powerful supernatural encounter with Jesus Christ. And this really shook me. 
I'm not talking about Jesus or God that you read about. That's just a story. I'm talking about an actual encounter with Jesus. Very, very powerful. Very, very real. And we see because as a gangster living in a life of deceit and a life of crime, I was very streetwise. Which actually just means very skeptical about everything. Basically, you don't trust anything what people say, but you only trust the facts. If you told me the grass was green, you had to show me first it was green. And so God had to show me by showing up in a big way. And He did. And in that moment, this toughened, rough, 15-year drug addict gangster faced with a real God all my preconceptions, all my religious arguments, all my theories, all my questions, everything went straight out the door because when you come face to face with the real and living God, all the arguments, all the theories have no foundation on which to stand and the truth of the matter is that Jesus Christ is the one true living God that wants to have a real relationship with you. The word says in Acts 16 verses 27, God did this so that they would seek Him and perhaps reach out for Him and find Him, though He is not far from any one of us. For in Him we live and move and have our being. As some of our own poets have said, we are His children. We are His children. He wants a relationship with you. He is always there waiting. Real living God wanting to have a real living relationship with His children. And so messed up as I was with no hope at all because everybody had given up on me. I don't blame them. I don't blame them. I had hurt everyone that I loved. I had disappointed everyone that I had loved. I had done terrible things but all that I had was this messed up, broken life that nobody wanted but that is all I had and I gave it to Jesus. After all, what else? I didn't have anything to lose, right? I tried everything. I'd done everything. I was already so lost and messed up facing a life of hell if I survived another year which was very doubtful but in all of that mess and in all of that filth living a life of absolute debauchery absolute sin Jesus looked through it all amazingly saw value in me just like he sees value in you if you had to take a 200 rand note and you had to take that note and you had to put it in the mud and you had to cover it with mud and someone offered you that 200 rand note, would you say, no, 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 sorry, I, I don't want it? Would you? Would it lose any of its value? No. It would still be valuable, right? So when he looks at you, he sees the person that he created. He sees the value in a child that he created. He doesn't care about the filth. He doesn't care about the nonsense. He cares about us. He cares about you. In the same way for me, He can do it for you. He can take your life and He can turn it around and He can change it. 
people who have lived a life like me know that we live sinful lives. We know it. And we don't feel like God would want anything to do with us. Why would He? But there's a scripture in the Bible that reveals the true heart of God and the truth on how He feels towards His children and how He feels towards those who are suffering with addictions and other problems. And it is a parable that Jesus told. It's a story that explains spiritual things in stories with circumstances that we can can relate to. And it's seen in Luke 15 verses 11. So the father divided the property between two sons. It wasn't long before the youngest son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. If you translate what that means, that talks about a complete reckless living. In our modern days, it would be drugs, it would be prostitution, it would be gambling, it would be all of that. So this youngest son got everything from his father and he wasted everything he had. And after he had gone through all of his money and there was a bad famine all throughout that country and he began to hurt, he signed on with a citizen there who assigned him to his fields to feed or slop the pigs. And he was so hungry he would have eaten the corn cobs in the pig slop. But no one would give him any. And at that point, that brought him to his senses. And he said, all those farmhands working for my father sit down to three meals a day. And when I am starving to death, I am going back to my father. And I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against God. I have sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me on as a hired hand. He got right up and went home to his father. When he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His father with his heart pounding in his chest ran out to him, embraced him and kissed him. And the son started his speech, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't even listening. He was calling to the servants, Quick! Quick, bring! Bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a grain-fed high and roast it. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here. Given up for dead. Now alive. Given up for lost. Now found. And they began to have a wonderful time. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Don't let anyone tell you any different. Don't let anyone tell you, there it is, black and white, this is Jesus talking to his children, all of the prodigal sons. The father is standing, watching, from the floor waiting, waiting for his children to come home. But his child was repentant. His child didn't have an attitude, a careless attitude. He knew he'd done wrong. 
and he ran into his father's arms that ran to meet him wrapped his arms around him and kissed him and restored him back again because he's a good father he's a father that loves his children so friends that is the closing of the first session of the first teaching and I'm just going to leave it on that note before we go into the second session.